Well, a very warm welcome to the latest Generation podcast. This is a series of conversations which a few of us are having uh, about mission. Generation is the mission arm of the Free Church of Scotland. And we're just talking about things to do with spreading the gospel and seeing the kingdom of God advance in Scotland. And today I have got one of my oldest friends, um, Ivor Martin. Hi, Ivor. Good afternoon. Now, how long have we known one another? As long as I can remember. It's Paisley, yeah. Yeah. It's Paisley Sunday School, Camp Hill High School. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, o- it's over 50 years. Oh, and sure. uh, you were the coolest guy no. in the school then. I-, I just remember that. The guy that wore the Chelsea boots, the guy that wore the really cool clothes. Well, we all make mistakes in our childhood. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, great to have you here, Ivor, as our guest. And Ivor is the principal of Edinburgh Theological Seminary. Um, Ivor, can you just tell us a little bit about Edinburgh Theological Seminary or ETS as, as we know it? Well, ETS, of course, was formerly the Free Church College, and it still is the Free Church College because it's owned and run by the Free Church of Scotland. Um, As you know, about five years ago, we came to a point where it became necessary to rethink our image and what messages the name was given uh, to the outside world, and we decided all of us, by General Assembly, to change the name and to change our image to rebrand. And that's been a a huge success. But in essence, um, we don't want to lose what we've always been doing, which is to teach robust theology and to train people for mission and for ministry. Okay, let's back up a wee bit here. Um, I understand that there's actually over 300 students connected to ETS. Can you give us just a sense of the range of courses available and the type of people who do courses through ETS? Well, um, the 300 students would include the courses that are open to people who are not full-time, people who are not on validated courses. Um, If I can start from the core course, which is the BTH, the Bachelor of Theology course, which is validated by Glasgow University, which somebody can do either as a three-year full-time course, or they can take up to six years as a part-time project if if they so choose. So that's that's the first course. Um, That's our core business, if you like. Then over and above that, there's a Master of Theology course, um, which can be done either as a top programme or by research. And we have several students doing that from various places. Okay, you've in the got world. a couple of main areas in yeah. the master's course. Yeah. Uh, what would these? I know there's two main areas. Yeah. Remind me what these are. Well, the, the the main areas are Scottish church history and theology, which you can do as a top course, um, and missiology. Again, you can do that. Okay, as a top we'll come course. back to the mission yeah. stuff sure. later. Keep talking about what you offer. Right. Um, Over and above these validated courses, there's an access course, which people do on a Tuesday night. And you can either access the the class in person or else you can do that online. Um, And then there's the Saturday course, which runs from September to May. And that's one Saturday a month, which takes about four hours on, on the Saturday. That's enormously popular. 
consists of three areas of interest. There's doctrine, uh, there's practical theology, and I think there's mission. Um, and th- these three areas attract a lot of attention from, from ordinary people who may not be in a position to sign up for one of our main courses, but nonetheless can benefit from uh, some superb material, which which we've been running for oh, many years now. Um, so you can also, you know, we're open to students doing individual study programs. So that means, for example, a pastor um, anywhere in the world can go on a sabbatical, come here and have the use of the library and supervise study for maybe three, anything up to about six months if they want to. Okay, let me, let me cut to the chase here. You know, I'm in the world of mission. You're in the world of theological education. People out there say that if you do mission, if you do evangelism, you don't really need to go to seminary. You know, folk would say, Jesus never went to a seminary. Folk would say, Paul never went to a seminary. Why, why should I go? It just produces academics. It just produces brains. We, we need guys and girls with hearts. What would you say to these good, well-meaning people? Well, well I would say you're, you're absolutely wrong. With all due respect, you oh, are well, wrong. You may say that, yeah. Um, you know, the kind of person that says the disciples never went to seminary. Yes, they did. They spent three years with the greatest professor of all time. And they learned theology, they learned church history, they learned Old Testament, they learned New Testament, they learned biblical interpretation, they learned how to preach, they did uh, training in all kinds of different ways. Uh, It was the best theology course in the world. And all we can do is to try somehow and replicate in some poor way what they got. But it is totally wrong to say that they didn't go to seminary. Okay, right. You you know, I was brought on Fox, Baron Paisley. I was brought on a council scheme. If I go back there, what, what use is talking about the ontological argument or superlapsarianism? I mean, in these situations, you know, back in the coalface, whether in the schemes or back home in the croft, you, you tell me what advantages does a theologically educated guy or girl have? See, that that question itself is is, is really insulting to people <laughs> from Foxbar or, or the Schemes or or the Croft because it presupposes that they are somehow thicker sure. than, than people from other areas. And I don't believe that for a moment. Uh, when I was in university, my best friend came from the poorest street in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. He was the cleverest guy in the class. Yep. I mean, he really could think. Yep. And we had used to have some fantastic conversations about the Christian faith and why I was a Christian. And in these conversations, you really were taken into the depth. Now, when I was a student there, was, we were going all the way back to the 70s before I had any theological education. I, I was put to silence by this guy because... Mm-hmm. Uh, He was asking all these questions I couldn't answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to be prepared and equipped to answer people's intelligent questions. And if we're not, and if, if the reason we're not is because we have been lazy about our theological education, well, that's our fault. And uh, I, I think the opposite. I think that, that people deserve, uh, of course, there are some questions that can't be answered some of these ontological questions, some of the deeper theological questions. But nonetheless, theological education is not the answer to every question. It is 
It is the way in which you can approach questions. Yep. It is teaching people how to think, not necessarily yep. what to think. Right. Out there in the church, the wider church, I would say that there was a very definite anti-intellectual kind of stream there. Um, do you do you recognise that? Would you agree with me that there can be an element which is anti-intellectual? Yes, and I, I've come across this all my life. How would you counteract it? That, you know, folks say the church is becoming cerebral, preaching is becoming academic. Well, if that's the case, then we have a problem. Um, it, it, it is not my um, objective to teach people how to preach cerebrally. I yep. think I think that's a disaster. Yep. Uh, preaching has to be alive. Yep. And if our preaching has become too cerebral, then we have a real problem yep. and we have to address that. Um, the ideal preacher is someone who has the material in his head. He's trained, he's equipped, he has the knowledge, but he's living with Jesus, he's walking with Jesus, and he's looking for ways all the time to communicate that to the world around him uh, or her. And so, you know, you, you, you have to be realistic about um, how you're going to communicate the message as well as knowing what the message is. So preaching in an evangelistic context, a mission context, and to be quite honest, I think every church in Scotland today is in a mission context. I think the idea of going to a church somewhere that's really settled and mature and doesn't need mission is really fanciful thinking. I think every situation uh, is, is missional, to use a jargon word. What are the elements of really good evangelistic preaching? I mean, I know what I think. I think they've got to make sense. There's got to be an intellectual engagement with the mind. But there's also got to be a passion. There's also got to be, let's use a kind of banned word these days, unction. You know, I say it's a banned word because, you know, in a lot of circles, it really is viewed upon as suspicion. So does, is there a unction play against intellectualism or do you think that they're they're good friends? Well, well, I, I mean, to me, the gospel is the greatest message in all the world. You know, the gospel is about how God actually came into this world in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, for the person, the danger I think is that for those of us like maybe you and I who have grown up with that, mm -hmm. maybe it's lost its impact because we're just so familiar with it. Mm -hmm. and, and people like you and I have to keep working at rediscovering the sheer, how spectacular the gospel is. And I think that in ministry and in mission work, we've never got to lose sight of, of that that the miracle of, of what happened when God became man. And so that's something that we have to work at in our own souls, in our own lives, as we engage in ministry. Uh, but the idea somehow that that to be alive, it, it, it contradicts um, knowledge, yeah. it, it's just not correct at all. In fact, it's got to be the opposite. Uh, the two things have to go together. Mm -hmm. And it's only when the two things do go together, I think you have vibrant ministry. Mm -hmm. And we have to work at vibrant ministry. We mm -hmm. can't just presuppose that. We can't just assume it in any of us. Yep, heart We've and hand have got to go together. Absolutely. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So coming back to ETS a little bit, um, uh, for the folks out there, we share the same building 
the Free Church of Scotland denomination, share the first three floors, and then we talk about upstairs, that's where ETS is. So, and right up at the top is the Mission Centre. Ivor, I like, I like the name. Tell us a little bit about the Mission Centre, what it does. Well, again, uh, you know, a number of years ago, we saw that perhaps there was a gap in what we were doing upstairs. And uh, we saw that the great need in a secular world is to be able to present the gospel to people. And on top of that, there is the ongoing need of international mission. Mm-hmm. And there are people engaged in international mission from different organisations. And we have facilities, we've got expertise, we've got a place here which we could turn into a useful centre where we can be a resource. We are servants to yeah. the, the wider church as as well as to the free church. And so um, the idea was mooted that why don't we renovate the the top floor and make it into a mission centre and see if we can generate enough funding to take on someone who can organise and manage a mission centre to be a resource for those who are engaged in mission. And that may be free church mission, but it could also be people from outside the free church as well. And we're still at the very early stages of that. Yeah, and I know that the folk up there, the master students, are engaging with really big questions. I was talking to one of the students the other day, talking about linguistics and you know mission, and it's really good to see them. And with Alistair Wilson, of course, who heads up that work. Alistair's a, a New Testament scholar, but he's also a former missionary in in South Africa as well as doing mission work in Inverness. So we're here in the one building. There's upstairs, downstairs. There's the office and the seminary. Um, are the two connected? Are we different organisations? No, I, I hope not. Um, and, and if we are, then we've got to work at that. Um, I think there's always a communication issue in any organisation. Every organisation has to get its communication right. And um, th- there will be challenges. Um, but I, I hope that where there is a willingness to work together, um, that that will happen. Yeah, and you know, I hope the wider church do appreciate that upstairs, downstairs do work really well together. Um, there's discussion, ongoing discussion. I'm always talking to you, Ivor. I'm always talking to Alistair. We go to a lot of the same things. We look at things a, a little bit different. Uh, but you know, we're on we're on the same page. You know, an ambulance has just passed. You hear the siren. These folk are responding clearly to a need out there in the city. And we also are responding to needs here in Scotland. Ivor, it's been great talking to you. And hopefully we'll get you back in the podcast again. And we can talk about some other stuff. Thank you. 